Andy, my dude, have you heard of the magical website builder known as Squarespace? Ugh, not another Squarespace ad. I feel like every podcast is sponsored by them. <laughs> hey, 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 don't knock it till you try it. Yes, okay, it is overhyped. But actually, it lives up to the hype. Squarespace is like a website fairy godmother. With a click of a button, your site transforms into a beautiful masterpiece. A website fairy godmother? That sounds interesting. What makes it so magical? Well, for starters, those slick templates make anyone look like a professional web designer. Pick one, customize the colors and fonts to match your brand, and voila. Plus, the drag-and-drop fluid engine is so easy, your grandma could build a site on Squarespace. Well, she did knit me a lovely scarf last Christmas. Maybe website design is next. Exactly. And when you're ready to sell your Nana's handmade scarves online, Squarespace has built-in e-commerce. Add a store with one click. Get flexible payment options. Then watch those sales roll in. And when she wants to teach others her steezy scarf skills, Squarespace's new courses feature is just the ticket. Nana can set up her curriculum and enrollments and payments in a snap and become the next e-knitting influencer. Wow, you really sold me with the grandma angle. Sign me up for that free try. Just go to thenextreel.com slash Squarespace and transform your site into a beautiful Squarespace masterpiece. Well, thanks, Pete. Even though it's overhyped, Squarespace actually sounds perfect for Nana's site's needs. Appreciate the warning on the ads, though. I'll brace myself next time I listen to a podcast. Anytime. Let me know if you need any help getting that site up and running. Andy, can you believe we've almost hit 700 episodes of The Next Reel? I know, it's crazy. And with all the other episodes in our family of podcasts, we are well over 1,200 episodes of movie conversation. It's really pretty amazing that we've gotten to have these in-depth movie chats every week for over a decade now. And we couldn't have done it without our loyal community of film fans. Their support over the years has meant so much. For sure. That reminds me, we should give the merch store a shout out. Buying shirts from thenextreel.com slash merch is a great way listeners can continue to support the show. Plus, they get to support our great designs. Absolutely. I think sometimes folks forget we have a variety of shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more available. In fact, a great place to start is with a shirt sporting the Next Reel's logo. We also have that classic Fast Times Spicoli Surf School tee, or the weirdly popular Rusty's European Tour shirt. The one from National Foods European Vacation. Why is that so popular? <laughs> Search me, but we have sold a ridiculous number of those. I guess there are a lot of Rusties taking trips to Europe? We're always adding new designs based on movies we've covered, like our brand new design for a streetcar named Desire, featuring a streetcar named Desire. So if you want to rep your love of TNR and films, head to thenextreel.com slash merch. Every purchase helps us continue to have these weekly in-depth conversations. So visit thenextreel.com slash merch today. And as always, thanks for listening and being a part of the Next Real community. We've got lots more great movie chats coming your way. It's showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. How do we kick these off again? I have not done one of these shows in so long. That's the perfect way to start this, Andy. You haven't done this in so long.
What does Pete say? <laughs> like, and a fine morning to you. No, it's, <laughs> and a fine, what he says. He it's, says, and a fine Saturday. Irish. And a fine Saturday morning to you, Steve. <laughs> there we go, Andy. It's so good to have you back on these early Saturday mornings. But it's like afternoon for you. Right? You've been up for several <laughs> it's a wee hours. It's for you. <laughs> yes, uh, yeah, I've been up for a little while. <laughs> Uh, a lot of coffee, a little punchy. That's me right now. Okay. Well, th- that'll make this entertaining. <laughs> oh my gosh. We have a lot to, to get through. We got, we got talk trailers. We got a list to do all this stuff. And William Goldman went and died on us. Oh my gosh. Yes. That's just, that's <sighs> a tragedy. I did not realize that he was in ill health. No, it's just these guys are getting up there. And then we had Stanley earlier in the week as well. Uh, it's just Stanley. Yeah. yeah, I was out on out of town on a on a trip up in a cabin, and so that was one of those ones that I wasn't around to really hear much, but um it was very sad to see that news when I got back. Very sad. See now William Goldman, this is this is the interesting story about him. And I think Ben Bott mentioned this that he's known mostly for his adaptations that that's what he does is adaptations mostly a lot of stephen king stuff you know the princess bride a lot of stuff it's adapted there's very few original films that he wrote everything's you know adapted from books or other materials there is one film that is one of his few original uh scripts that it's nearly impossible to find uh, and it, it may be for good reason. I saw this in theaters. It's 1992's Year of the Comet. It was directed by Peter Yates, had Penelope Ann Miller and Tim Daly. And it it's about this like bottle of wine that was bottled in this year of the comet, 1811. It has something to do with Napoleon. And I remember seeing it in the theater. And then when my brother got on a William Goldman kick, he's like, I got to find this movie. It's one of the few things that's like original. It's not adapted and you can't find it anywhere. And he's been on a quest, I think, for nearly 20 years now trying to find this movie because it it wasn't available streaming. You couldn't find it on DVD. It was like out of print or whatever. And I said, I don't know that it's (laughs) I don't know that it's going to live up to your expectations is a great William Goldman movie. (laughs) It felt like a like made for TV movie. Honestly, it just. Peter Yates directed it, and I remember it being okay, but it, it's just a, a nice story for me is my, my brother's quest to try to find this rare, original William Goldman movie. That's very funny. It's like, you know, trying to find uh, the rare bottle of wine. Ex- that the, uh, exactly. Yeah. Yes. But I thought that was based on a book, though. No, it's right? just writer William Goldman. That's but the there. year of the comet was a book i wonder if it's just a different was it? it must be a different book yeah yeah uh reading the synopsis of the book it's a story of russian boyhood and coming of age as the soviet union is on the brink of collapse <laughs> yep doesn't sound like the same not a romantic comet. comedy with a bottle of wine no you know there's more things that can happen in the year of the comet that's that, that is true there so, are a lot of things yes. that can happen there's also the book the night of the comet <laughs> and the movie that i the comet that you love so much Oh, don't remind me. <laughs> what garbage. <laughs> what garbage. I love that you love it. <laughs> it's, it's just one of those. It's a nostalgia thing. It's I, I can yeah. call that guilty pleasure out of nostalgia. Right, right, right. Oh, yes. But William Goldman, that's yeah. funny because I'm, I'm just trying to rack my brains of other. I, I mean, I know some of his scripts 
I guess you could say it was original material because he wrote the novel and then adapted. Oh, like the princess, his own novel. Right. But, but, uh, actual, um, original scripts. And I know he was brought in often just to, uh, fix up scripts. Yes. No. Um, and he was also, uh, I guess, I don't know if notorious is the right word, but um, he certainly had things to say about Hollywood and oh, the industry. Y- yes, he and, did. Like his memoirs, yes. like Adventures of the Screen Trade, which was uh, quite a fun read, uh, just about uh, about uh, kind of how everything uh, was moving in that in that uh, crazy town. So, um, yeah, R.I.P. William Goldman, and definitely R.I.P. Yeah. Stan Lee, which is uh, you know certainly a big one since we're starting to kick off our new uh, Marvel show at the beginning of next year. So it's uh, sad to see, but um, you know, we'll still see plenty of Stan Lee in the upcoming uh, cameos. Yeah. They shot a few films. Yeah. They shot quite a few of those in advance because they knew they only had so much time with him. So let's right. Right. Those in place. I'm curious to see how long that's going to run. I'm guessing there will be at least three because <laughs> yes. I'm sure they did it for Captain Marvel, Infinity War 2, and the next Spider-Man movie. But I wonder if they, because uh, I haven't heard any other films announced beyond that. So I wonder well, I, if they had some ideas and already did some cameos. Well, with I, would, I would wonder if for um, Guardians of the Galaxy 3, which was, you know, starting to move forward, if they had a general story concept and they said, well, that's great. We'll just do this before that whole project, you know, fell apart because that was, yeah. one that was, you know, at least they had a plan of where they were going. I mean, they knew the movie right. was coming. So I would have thought that that may have been one as well. It's really going to depend yeah. on if they end up using yeah. the script yeah. that, uh, that James Gunn wrote, or if they drop that, um, as well and come up with a, an entirely new script i mean i guess you could shoehorn whatever his scene is into a new script but uh well and we do have as we have seen that you know can be done in the star wars cinematic universe there's nothing to stop a studio from resurrecting you know actors that have passed or other younger versions of them and dropping them into a movie as they did with rogue one we could see you know uh digital stanley in future marvel movies god i wonder if that would um be off-putting or i wonder if that would end up uh like i wonder how i'd end up feeling about that yeah when the time came i just i kind of feel like stanley would be okay with it so i kind of feel like it would well, be all right. And it's 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 always brief little cameo, so it's it's just a small scene that you need to put him in. So it's not like, oh, we're, yeah. we're gonna deal with this digital character for five minutes. It's you know, a little one liner here or there. So I Right, right, right. It may, it may just become that little fun, you know, homage to to stand to always have him present. Yeah, right. Huh. Well, I guess we'll just have to wait yeah. and see. Yeah. He's been doing cameos in films, though, th- since I think 1989, I think, was his first one. Oh, wow. That far back? Yeah. Yeah. Like, he's, uh, I uh, don't know, gosh, what was it that he did in 89? Um, was that? I can't. That wasn't Fantastic. Now, Fantastic Four was later than that. Uh, 89. Wow. I Were they doing Marvel I, I want to say it was then? the Captain America oh, that really, the really, bad. <laughs> uh, the really bad Captain America. I, I think that that was the time that he did uh, his first cameo. Uh, 
I'm not 100% sure. Um, I'm trying to find it right now just to see if I'm correct. Um, I will hopefully let you know shortly. Oh, here but, it is. Uh, uh, the Trial of the Incredible Hulk, a TV movie. Oh, he was yep, the jury the, foreman. Right, with Bill Bixby. <laughs> yep, there he is. Oh, wow. I don't, I completely missed that one. That's really yeah. funny. And then from there, um, he started doing his, uh, or he did an animated cameo in the Spider-Man cartoon. And uh, yeah, it's just kind of uh, been going ever since. And it's funny because he was always really into uh, kind of that Hollywood side of things. And so yeah. I think that this was just a side of his personality that allowed him to really yeah. kind of <laughs> just express himself and connect with uh, with his with his crowds. He was actually in Mallrats too. Oh, that's speaking oh, of yeah, uh, that's, mall movies that, that you guys were talking about I think a few weeks ago. I think that's probably the first Stan Lee cameo I remember, and that's you know Stan Lee playing himself. You know, right? Yeah. Oh, see another. Oh, that I got. I haven't seen that in a long time. I have a lot of nostalgia for that film. And see, my kids are an age where I could probably watch that Kevin with Smith them. Movie. I don't know if I want to watch that with them. <laughs> the only thing I remember about that movie is Kevin Smith staring at those posters, those 3D posters that look like just a mess on your wall. Oh, that wasn't Kevin Smith. It was... Um, Who was it? Oh, I, I, I got it. It's... No. Because that's what he's sitting there staring, trying to see the boat. And everybody comes yes. by and they're like, oh, look, it's a sailboat. And he's like, well, I can't see it. Right. Yeah. No, because it wouldn't be Kevin Smith because Kevin Smith plays Silent Bob. Silent Bob doesn't talk. Right, 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 right. Okay, well... Yeah. Whatever it is. Whatever. You remember the the guy staring? That's the only thing you remember, that's, huh? That's my yeah. recollection of that Okay. <laughs> it's got Ben Affleck in it. Come yeah, on. Yeah. It's, oh, I need to revisit no, that I, I don't like Kevin Smith. Oh, okay. Fine. <laughs> what, what do you like? Well, you know what? Let's talk about what you really love. Let's talk about your trailer. Let's talk about this trailer, this fantastically awesome <laughs> trailer. Oh, really? Wow, you're going all out on this one. I am uh, I'm ridiculously excited. Are you really? Are you, are you seriously that excited? I mean, I think it looks fun, but wow. Okay, go on. It's, it's just a fun um, world. Uh, this is this is the Detective Pikachu <laughs> trailer that I am talking about. Um, uh, it's just fun to see all these little Pokemon characters coming to life in the real world and seeing all these uh, people interacting with them. And you've got this little uh, this Pikachu character uh, voiced by Ryan Reynolds, which is really funny to kind of just have that Deadpool voice coming out of this cute little Pikachu. <laughs> yes, exactly. And uh, he's playing detective uh, with Justice Smith as they're trying to uh, figure out what happened to um, uh, his father, Justice's father. This is Detective Harry Goodman, um, who disappeared in a car crash. And now Tim, who uh, is a wanted to be a Pokemon trainer, um, he goes to Rhyme City, meets Detective Pikachu, who was Harry's former uh, partner. And somehow Tim can understand what Pikachu is saying and and no one else can. Everybody else, when they hear uh, uh, him speaking, it's Pika Pika. It's the cute little <laughs> Pikachu noise. <laughs> but not Tim. No, he can actually talk to uh, Pikachu. And he and Pikachu 
go on an adventure to try to to figure out what happened. We don't uh, get a lot of the story in this trailer, but there's definitely the sense of this um, kind of loss with Tim as far as never having lived up to his potential as a as a trainer. And we've got um, uh, Lucy, played by Catherine Newton, who um, clearly is going to be joining him on his adventure. She is a reporter, and she has Psyduck, who is her uh, Pokemon that she's uh, going around with. And of course, Ken Watanabe is in it as the police lieutenant. And uh, there, and Bill Nye actually pops up in it, and Suki Waterhouse. Um, and there are a lot of Pokemon. <laughs> yes, there are. <laughs> there's Pikachu, there's Charmander, there's there's Squirtle, there's uh Venusaur, there's uh Dodrios. They're just they're everywhere. There are Pokemon all through this. There's Greninjas that are attacking them. Um I just had so much fun watching this trailer <laughs> and seeing all these Pokemon in the real world. It was fantastic. I had a great time. Oh, and of course, the fantastic Charizard that that uh, Pikachu is battling uh, toward the end of the trailer. It looks like some sort of uh, uh, fight. So, um, I uh, yeah, I don't know. It it really hit all the right buttons for me. What do you think of this one? Well, I have to say now I feel like how Tommy feels when it's like you just there was a bunch <laughs> of proper nouns there. I'm just like spiky dinosaur guy. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what any of those words mean that you just said. You were speaking a different language. Uh, however, this does look like a lot of fun. I it's not made for me. It I don't I don't know. I'm going to run out to the theater and see it. But it does look like a lot of fun. And this is uh, it's for me great to see a a movie like this that's targeted towards families and kids. That's tackling you know this whole idea of it's just not about promoting the product it's we've got a story arc here of you know our our main character and his sort of quest of you know identity and you know finding his father and living up to his potential which i love stories like that for kids it, it's a positive message for them and you put ryan reynolds in there and it's it's going to be funny it just looks great I'm, you know, I may sneak out to an early, you know, show to see it just for the fun. I may, you know, try to drag some of the family with, well, we're not a Pokemon family, but it just looks like a lot of fun. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, I think obviously it's targeting anyone who's a fan of, of, uh, Pokemon and, and all of its various, uh, incarnations. But I do think that they're trying to also just tap into kind of a, just that family feel where you may not necessarily have to know much about the world of Pokemon, but it still has that, that sense of being a story that a family would enjoy and you wouldn't have to, um, you know, be obsessed with the games or anything. <laughs> I didn't say you were obsessed with the games or anything. I didn't say I was either. I'm <laughs> but just you saying. Are. That's okay. <laughs> I didn't say that, but who knows? <laughs> All right. So when is this, uh, when is this? This is uh, next year, right? This isn't a Christmas no, release or anything. This correct. is next year sometime? This is a 2019 film. It's opening here in the U.S. Uh, it actually starts weirdly in the Netherlands, May 8th. And then uh, through the 9th and 10th, uh, it's going to open in all across uh, a number of countries, including the U.S. And then it continues its spread until it opens in France, September 18th. Um, but it is is quite a variety. Japan um is june 22nd so um i'm surprised that we're actually getting it before japan yeah but anyway that's my trailer okay detective pikachu 
Put down the stapler or I will electrocute you. I mean, come on. Who doesn't love that cute no, little Pikachu face? He's, 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 he's the key to the movie. That casting, is, it makes it everything. Yes. Yes. Right. I, I have a detective story as well. I, I know. I, I love that. We've got this detective connection. We've got the detective connection. And this is starring Joel Kinnaman, who I am familiar with. I've seen him in uh, Altered Carbon, The Killing. Uh, people that went and saw Suicide Squad may recognize him from that. But uh, And you, uh, you know, as one of the few people in the world that saw Child 44, you know, may remember him from that. Uh, but I did not know. He is a Swedish actor. And again, here on the next reel, we will continue to track how the Swedes are taking over everything. Uh, I did not know he was he was Swedish. So that was a little interesting highlight. But he is starring in The Informer, which is what drew me to this was really the cast that is in this thing. It, there's nothing that I've seen this type of movie before. We've got an ex-convict who's an informer and he uh, is part of a drug deal gone bad is ending up get, going undercover into prison uh, to, to track down the, you know, the whole scheme that's going on there. There's drug trafficking within the prison. And so he's trying to get to the root of that. Um, yeah. I've seen things like that before, but the fact that we've got Rosamund Pike and Clive Owen and common, in this one, I thought this is a cast that I want to see, and so as I <coughs> as I looked into this a little bit more, I saw that it's written by Matt Cook, who wrote Triple Nine, which was another movie where I said, "Oh, it's like a a cop drama with a cast that I really want to see," and then I saw it and did not enjoy it. So I'm cautiously optimistic that <laughs> uh, Clive Owen, Rosamund Pike, in Common, and Joel Kinnaman can can deliver on this one. We have a different director on this, uh, on Andrea De Stefano, and he has directed just one other feature, which was a, uh, uh, what was that called? The Escobar Paradise Lost with Benicio del Toro back in 2014, which I did not see. Uh, but hmm. this one, it just, it treads familiar territory. I'm, I'm just seeding future trailer rewinds with this one. It's one that I'm probably not going to go out to theaters to see. JJ and I may have an interesting conversation about it, but it's, it looks like it has some potential to do something. So that's, that's what I'm bringing. And it's, uh, it's another spring uh, release. I think this one is in uh, March of 2019 is when we'll be getting this one. What did you think? This, <clears throat> man this is an interesting looking uh film i i'm a little torn on it because you're right so much of the trailer looks like you know every sort of uh drama like this that we've seen before this this crime drama with an ex-con who's forced forced into being an informer or something or something happens and, and i feel like the story itself is is just so incredibly um uh, just kind of by the book, but it does have this cast that is just really stellar. And I love seeing common. I mean, I think he's just a fantastic presence and, and, and Rosamund Pike of course is just great. So it's one of those that I, I hope is able to be more than what it looks like. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. That's exactly, yeah. exactly what I'm hoping. I don't think this is going to be 
a huge box office success. I I imagine it's going to be one of those did that actually come out in theaters because now it's on you know Netflix or Amazon Prime. It's going to yeah. I don't expect a lot of attention in theaters, but which is unfortunate because I think if this cast works well, um, it's it, they they can really d- deliver. And but well, like I said, it's. I'm going in expecting predictable. Uh, I think on the YouTube page for the trailer, I think in the comments, somebody said, Oh, Clive, Clive, are you really going to be the bad guy in this one? Cause it's, you know, he's like the head <laughs> of the FBI. It's like, yes, you can see sort of, that's sort of what we would expect to happen. Somebody that with power is actually, you know, secretly behind the scenes, manipulating things. It's, I won't be surprised if that's, that's what happens. Uh, I, I hope that a smaller film like this could take some risks and do something more unexpected. But again, Matt cook, uh, didn't do anything impressive with triple nine. Uh, but it was solid. Um, you know, so that's, yeah. And Andrea DiStefano is more of an actor than anything. So I'm, I'm really curious to see what he's able to bring forth. Um, uh, through this one yeah. so I, yeah i will see i'm yeah. curious about it i don't yeah. know if it's uh something at the top of my list but oh, I, there, no. I i feel like there could be some interesting potential there exactly yeah all right cool those are the trailers and that leads us into food <laughs> yes. oh dear yes we are talking about uh we uh we did duck you sucker aka uh, a fistful of dynamite aka once upon a time the revolution on the show this week and early in the film there is just a really disgusting scene of people eating and what can i say our uh our patreon supporters they really <laughs> wanted us to talk about uh people eating disgustingly so here we are <laughs> this was this was a challenging list because i kept going through scenes I'm like nope Talked about that on the show. Nope. You guys talked about that one on the show. Nope. You've talked about that one on the show. And I said, because uh, I knew, you know, with Pete, we, we, we tread into gray area sometimes, let things slide. I thought, no, Andy's going to be back. I'm going to stick to it. It's a good <laughs> challenge. Stick to the rules. Stick to the rules. Not talked about before. So pushed into some interesting territory on this one. Found some of, I think, varying degrees of what you might consider disgusting. So I've, I've got... A very short list. I don't have a lot of backups because you guys talked about so many great movies that already have scenes with food that is, you know, disgusting. So, what's an example of one that we've talked? Oh, about? Oh, come on, you know, and for dessert, chilled monkey brains. You know, Temple of Doom. Yeah, you've right, got you okay. got that. Um, yeah, See, we're on the same page there. That was that oh, was yeah. one that I certainly had uh, had looked at, but obviously we've talked about that one. Yeah. And also there's a bunch of movies that I know have disgusting eating scenes that I just haven't seen. Yes. Um, So I guess we can, we'll wait because maybe you've, maybe they're on your list. So I won't mention those just in case. um, Well, do you want to kick it off or shall I? Oh, no, you, you know what? You've been gone for so long that you, you are the guest of honor this week. So you go ahead and (laughs) kick it off. Guest of honor. Oh, (laughs) that's sweet. Well, I am going to start with a, just a fantastically bloody, gory splatter fest of a of a zombie film that uh, good old Peter Jackson did uh, way back in. Gosh, when was this? Ninety two. Um, released here in the states in ninety three. It is Dead Alive, aka Brain Dead. 
Um, this movie was just so gory and so disgusting and horrifying to watch, but so much fun. I had an absolute blast with this film because um, it's this rabid uh, rat monkey from I can't remember what country, like uh, Madagascar or something, that um, uh, they they bring to the zoo. It was, no, it's the Sumatran rat monkey. That's what it is. They bring to the zoo in New Zealand. And uh, it proceeds to uh, to bite uh, our main character's um, mother. And there's this dinner scene where she has this, this wound and is just squirting its ooze. <laughs> <laughs> so disgusting. Okay. Into the soup. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's a horrifying scene. It's really, really funny, though. And um, that's what this movie does really well, is it takes that gore and treats it in really fun ways. You just have a great time laughing at the disgustingness of what's actually happening here. And uh, and then, I mean, yeah, of course, it ends up with a, a lawnmower battle against <laughs> all the dead. Uh, it's a fun movie, and uh, this scene certainly is uh, on my list of disgusting eating scenes. So uh, that's my first choice. I have I have not seen any of the early Peter Jackson sort of splatter gore stuff. So that's one that I've always said, eh, someday I'll get around to it, but it's just never been a, a priority. And now I don't know that I need to after hearing the description. No, you need to prioritize it. You absolutely need to prioritize it. Okay. Peter Jackson has a great time with um, kind of that gory fun in this movie. It's it's really hilarious and it's so bloody. So uh, yeah, you definitely need to okay. check it out. The dinner scene is is <laughs> it's just uncomfortable <laughs> watching uh, watching this stuff that happens. So okay. Check it out. Okay, I I will. All right, my uh, my first one is um, I've I've thought about eating scenes and things that might might turn your stomach for some reasons, and sometimes it's it's how eating is portrayed. Sometimes for me, I think about what it is that people are eating, and I'm gonna, I'm going to ease into this one with uh, I guess eating scene where I look at that and I I, I guess it's. I feel sympathy pain for this one um, because there's no way I could eat 50 eggs. And there's just a lot. <laughs> when Paul Newman and Cool Hand Luke says, I could eat 50 eggs. And just, I don't know if it's the, the way it's shot. There's just a lot of the close-ups and the chewing and the eating and his belly swelling that just left its mark on me the first time I saw that. And if you Google it, I think there's uh, people will, there's people asking questions. What happens if you actually eat 50 eggs? Can has anybody actually really eaten 50 eggs? Do you could somebody eat 50 eggs or would would you would you die? Um didn't get into it cuz I didn't have time to find out if somebody has tried this actual challenge and what the uh sort of physical repercussions are to consuming 50 eggs, but that's that's my easing into. You started off strong, I'm slowly building. Uh, that's a that's a uh, a great scene though. It's yeah. uh, it's very fun and it's it's a fun challenge because you're trying to figure out you know is this guy seriously going to be able to do yeah. this and and watching poor Paul Newman suffer through that it's pretty pretty great yeah. pretty great. Um, my second one, it's a little bit different um, in tone, but it certainly fits in context of the film and what we're 
um, what the film is setting out to do. It's and it's a film that I am trying to remember. I, I it really was not one that many people uh, saw or talked about back in '99 when it came out. Um, um, but it's a really, I think it's a fantastic film. It's it's kind of almost like a. I don't want to say it's like almost a ghost story cannibal movie. Um, it is it, it, it taking <laughs> okay. place in uh, the Civil War. It's a it's a great film that Antonia Bird directed called Ravenous. Oh, and yeah. OK. It, with Guy Pierce, Robert Carlyle, yes. David Arquette, Jeremy Davies, Jeffrey Jones, uh, everybody's favorite creep. Um, and it is this really interesting kind of Civil War movie that. Um, starts off with this really disgusting eating scene it's kind of um the story is about uh you know this this uh, guy pierce is this soldier and he's you know gone through a lot and uh and right toward the beginning they uh you know he's ha- kind of having memories of of the awfulness of battle and everything and um and but i, I can't remember what's happening like he's getting uh a, an award a commendation or something and this is during the i think it's the mexican american war and and then it cuts to this dinner scene and he's just staring at his plate and he's got this big old hunk of of steak and then he's watching everybody else eat and the sounds are amplified and just the disgustingness of of the way the eating is happening plays into his paranoia and his, his kind of the sickening feeling he's getting from the war and everything. And you're just watching knives cut meat and people stuffing their faces. And it works really well to kind of, to offset the sense of, of eating and the horrors of war, which is great to set us up for, um, this, uh, guy who then goes out to this winter outpost and <laughs> encounters like, you know, this the, kind of this strange cannibal society and everything. Yes. <laughs> oh, it works really well. Cause the title card pops up. Like he, he's watching everything, all these disgusting people eating. He runs out, throws up, and then the title comes up <laughs> ravenous. <laughs> it's so great. I remember watching that. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's one that's a great movie and no one ever talks yeah, about no, it, but it, it more is. people need to see that, it. That was one of those just finding it on the shelf at Blockbuster type of discoveries, looking at the cast and saying, I, I recognize this cast and this sounds really interesting. And yeah, it was a, a pleasant surprise. Not to watch uh, while you're eating dinner. No. They're right. <laughs> at all. What's, what's your second okay. choice? So I solicited input from the family on this one because I kept running up against that we've talked about that on the show uh so this is one i've seen i don't know if i've seen the whole thing i think i've seen the whole thing but not in one sitting because this is one my kids watched a lot and i'm talking about eating chocolate cake in the movie matilda i don't know if you ever saw 1996 matilda never saw it never saw it's directed by uh danny devito and there's a scene where we've got um miss trunchbull has got you know trying to make a point she brings bruce bogtrotter out and he eats a piece of cake and he's quite satisfied with that and then reveals that oh no because he loves cake so much there's this huge enormous cake the chef brings out and he's got to eat the whole thing and it's just so many close-ups of moist chocolate cake on a mouth and pieces being stuffed in and he's working his way just slowly through this cake and it's just painful 
to watch him, but it's it's the the lip smacking and chocolate on the lips and in the teeth and just the close ups that uh, for kids, yeah, really intensely gross. Uh, if you if you have an aversion to like you know lip smacking and all that, it's yeah, it's quite uh, graphic in the eating of chocolate cake, and it takes something that uh, kids would love and you know push it too far eat a whole cake how are you gonna feel after that you're not gonna feel so good after that as he's just making his way slowly scoop after scoop fistful after fistful of cake just stuffing it into his face so that's my second pick the cake scene in matilda awesome i the it's always fun when it's when kids are involved because it's (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's just, you know you're you're liking these kind of like these these dares these oh yeah because like because so. i i was you know was like oh yeah stand by me no you guys talked about that one didn't you yes yeah exactly we did talk yeah because that that's got the, yep. the, the pie eating scene yeah oh well speaking of of that scene though yeah um the next scene that or the next movie my final choice um does also involve quite a bit of vomit <laughs> In an eating scene. Okay. And uh, it is, of course. Do I need to get a bucket? Uh, yeah, you do need to get <laughs> a bucket. Get a bucket. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to throw up. <laughs> uh, but it's only a waffle thin mint. It is, of course, Monty Python's The Meaning of Life and good old Mr. Creosote in one of the most horrifying uh, eating scenes I've ever seen, where he's just this ginormous man, walks in, sits down, and instantly is ready to start throwing up. <laughs> And of course, the first thing he does is he throws up and he misses the bucket. Yes. <laughs> sprays all over the, uh, the, the, uh, staff's, uh, feet and everything. And, and it just, it just goes from there. You know, we just get vomit constantly as, uh, as this guy is, uh, looking at his menu, throwing up all over his menu, throwing up all over his shoulder, throwing up on on just everything around him. And then, of then the maid who comes to clean the floor, he throws up all over her. Other guests are are horrified and leaving, and good old John Cleese just maintains his composure through it. As even other guests start throwing up a little bit, then we cut come back to the scene later after Mister Creosote has has uh, had his fill, and and then uh, we have the wonderful waffer thin mint that John Cleese <laughs> offers him, uh, which leads to him expanding and exploding, and it's. <laughs> Yes, it's oh so much fun. Everybody really should just watch uh, Monty Python's Meaning of Life because it's it's just disgusting in this particular scene and uh, fun in every sort of way. So that's uh, that's my final pick. And it was a tough one because I had I actually had a pretty lengthy oh, okay. list. I was surprised at how many movies I came oh, okay. up with. So well, this one may be on your list. My my final pick because okay. I'm I'm gonna okay. get us ready for holiday season. I'm gonna get us ready for holiday hmm. season, and although. Many people agree that, that this is dis- this is a disgusting meal. There are restaurants for the holiday season that will put on their menu Buddy the Elf's breakfast pasta. <laughs> Talking about Will Ferrell eating a big plate of spaghetti with syrup, pop tarts, all kinds of sweetness and it's it's the over the top sugary sweetness <laughs> on top of pasta that is just for me sort of gut turning oh my gosh i can't and i guess because i'm older and i just i know when things don't agree with me it's not going to be good uh but the fact that what everybody i think agreed was 
a disgusting eating sequence when this first came out has now become turned into, hey, we're going to offer this to our, our restaurateurs. So people that want to come in, we will feed you the infamous elf spaghetti breakfast topped with maple syrup. That's awesome. I actually didn't have that on my wow. list, okay. but it's uh it that's a pretty uh I see a, I would have counted on that. I, I I it's disgusting, but it's I don't know, there's something that's I don't know less it's, disgusting well, yeah, than some of these other for, things. Just yeah. I mean I the my my last pick on my list, in case you stole elf or Matilda, because I know you have kids, and I thought those might be right there. Uh, I went way back into the archives for uh, the cook, the thief, his wife, and her lover, and the the final the oh. final meal. The, the final the meal. Final meal. Yes, that is a pretty disgusting yeah. meal. Yes, that's a good one. I uh, the other ones that I had. Well, I I knew that there were movies out there like uh, was a uh, Pink Flamingos, oh, the John yeah. Waters See, I've movie. Never seen that. Like yeah. I. I haven't either, yeah. and, but I know that there's yeah. some pretty disgusting eating there. I had Hannibal on my oh, list yeah. with the final yeah. meal there. Uh, I had Drag Me to Hell see, uh, when see, she I goes over. Either of those. See? Oh well, yeah. uh, there I, there are interesting scenes, and Hannibal is certainly a disgusting scene um, because you know mm-hmm. I, I I won't even go yeah. into it. It's just disgusting. And then the last one is this is the um, honorarium uh, film for Pete. It's because a Woody Allen movie? It is, it is not a Woody <laughs> Allen movie. It is a Nicolas Cage oh. movie, and it is Vampire's oh. Kiss because Nicolas Cage eats a, eats a real cockroach. Yep. Um, but this is the movie I watched with Pete, and, and it was something that he always loved because uh, Nicolas Cage's character's name was Pete. And somebody says, your name is Peter, right? And he goes, right, right, Peter, right. <laughs> so we always laughed about that. <laughs> so there it is. <laughs> I did not know that story. Now I okay. I, yeah. I know every more. time I I uh, I think about that movie, I think about uh, Pete. That's kind of funny. So you need to, what you need. We need to make that a ringtone. To pull that audio from Vampire's Kiss, make that a ringtone, so that when Pete ever calls you, that's what's on your phone. Is Nicolas Cage? <laughs> right, <laughs> right, Peter, right. That would be fantastic. I really should do that. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, that's yeah. the lists. Uh, so, what are we going to do for uh, this this final round of uh, Leone's Once Upon a Time trilogy? We're talking about Once Upon a Time in America. Uh, it's been thirty years since I've seen that movie. So, well, we could do um, really long movies. <laughs> no, I saw it's on Netflix. It is on Netflix right now. So, I'm think I have an opportunity to get there to see it. And I think it's the I don't know which version it is. I think it's. It's not the super extended. I think it's the original, whatever. It's the, the it's the it's the it's the somewhat the 240 extended. minute version or whatever it is. I think. No, I don't. know. Which is the 224? Uh, I don't know. Well, let's see. Once upon a time in America on Netflix. Oops, I didn't mean to start it. Three hours and forty nine yep, minutes. There you go. Okay. So it's not the four hours no. and 20 okay. minutes or whatever. So you're missing that extra half hour. But that uh, still is a pretty good yeah. version of the film to check out. So, so. really long movies. But anyway, <laughs> uh, we could do really long movies. Yeah, okay. we could do that. Um, I, you know, we could always go back to like the gangster movie. Well, and dip into that. We could do, um, let's see. There's they. There's a diamond heist. There's... Um, we could do a story involving flashbacks to 
between youth and old age or you you know later in life sorts of stories oh, okay yeah yeah and heist so heist so. films although did we sort of tap that out with the I, ocean series I, yeah, yeah i feel like what's yeah the ocean yeah. series really kind of did that uh, we could do films with people with crazy nicknames because De Niro's character's name, uh, uh, his nickname is Noodles in the film. <laughs> well, I was going to go to my IMDb plot keywords, but that's not a good place to start. Okay. Because I am guessing <laughs> there's yeah. a lot of, okay. Yeah. That's uh, a reference to the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Really? Wow. I, all right. Really? I, was there? Come on! In four hours, they got to cover that. that. Um, uh, you're right. What What did yeah. they cover? Apparently, there's apparently, uh, speakeasies. Yeah. There's prohibition. Oh, there we go. We yes. could do films films about prohibition. prohibition spe- speakeasy. Yes, I think that that's not something we've gone into. That yeah. yeah okay. okay. So we got that one. I like the flashback. Um, do we want to do? Yeah. Okay. Flashbacks to youth and yeah. and present day. Yeah. Or you, yeah. you know, just following the people through several stages right. of their life. Yes. Um, I guess it doesn't have to be flashbacks. It just has it's, to be uh, films that that follow people through various yeah. stages of their life. Yeah. Work. So it's not. Yeah. 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 We're talking okay. epic, sort of across you know many years of or phases of their life. Yeah. I feel like long movies is kind of a tricky yeah. one to uh, to fulfill. Um, what else could we do? We got a secret stash of secret money. Stash. <laughs> secret stashes. Okay, that that opens it up because if we end up with <laughs> if we end stashes. up with gangsters and corrupt police, we've we've been down that road. Um, right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Secret stashes of of things. All right. So we'll do secret stashes, uh, prohibition, yeah. and slash speakeasies, yep. and uh, we'll do uh, stories that take place uh, over several points of somebody's yes. life, and we follow through yep. different parts of their lives. All okay. Right. That should give us some uh, interesting options for next week yeah. that don't necessarily have to involve That's gangsters. Right. Oh, we so there you go. For that, and we have a lot of oh, lot yeah. of latitude to be all over the place. This one, Let's see, Excellent. just as you Excellent. you tapped your horror roots there, and I went all family friendly mostly. So, all right, everybody. Well, thank you uh, for tuning in to this week's Saturday matinee, um, and especially to all of you Patreon supporters for supporting us. We really do appreciate it, and uh, it does help us out. So, thank you so much, and Steve. A good talking with yeah, you this morning. Been, been been a while. You've been. It you've has been, been a little been, while. I've had quite a busy yes, fall have. with uh, Saturday activities, but uh, I'm You're I'm back. back. So back. here here we All are. All right. Cool. Well then, have a great one, everybody, and uh, yeah, we will talk to you next time. Hondo. I love the conversations that so many of our hosts have had on their shows. Steve and JJ on Trailer Rewind, Ray and Ocean on Silver Linings, even Tommy's short-lived No, No, Wait, Hear Me Out. And so many films they've discussed started out as a book, a play, or even a TV series. Well, now you can support our whole family of podcasts by using our new Originals page to buy the original source material used to inspire films covered on our shows. Just visit thenextreel.com slash originals. Your purchases made through our links give us a small commission at no extra cost to you and allow us to keep having these fantastic conversations. It's a wonderful way to support the show. Producing these podcasts week after week require a ton of work behind the scenes. If you'd like to help support our efforts, try using our originals page when shopping for books and movies that we've covered. It's your one-stop shop for Amazon and Apple links where you can buy the book, play, video game, movie, etc. upon which the movie is based. Original material for trailer rewind movies like If Beale Street Could Talk, The Goldfinch, Aniara, 
or The Two Faces of January. Or Silver Linings movies like Repo Men, which was based on the repossession Mambo. Plus, by using those links to buy books, Amazon and Apple show us a little bit of love, which allows you to support our family of shows with minimal effort. Visit thenextreel.com slash originals. It's a fantastic way to support the show and find a great book to read. That's right. Head over to thenextreel.com slash originals to find your next read and get started today. Music 